Welcome everybody to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And in today's episode, we spoke with the one and only Mr. Grant Cardone. Now, this episode was great because we didn't focus just on sales. Anyone that knows Grant, he's a sales guy, he's a real estate guy. We cover off on some really interesting topics. So we talk about one of my favorites, which is control. So if you've ever thought that you've been a control freak in the past, you do not want to miss this. We have an epic chat. We talk about how to promote and fill events. So Grant has a history of filling huge events. 35,000 people was his last one, 10,000 is his next one. He goes hard. So we cover off on all the different strategies that he uses and what he recommends to do to fill an event and fill it to capacity, right? It's not a 100 person event, 35,000 people. Absolutely insane. And we also cover off on how do you change your mindset as to what's possible? He has over $1.2 billion in funds under management right? That's just ridiculous. So we talk about how do you kind of shift your thoughts and your thought processes around what's possible for you. So that's all of, all of what we cover in this episode. It's absolutely amazing. You're going to love it. Um, we may even include a little cheeky excerpt snippet for you guys later on down the track. And uh, guys, as always, if you need any help with anything, make sure you head over to www.freeusb.com.au. If you need help with your marketing, if you need help filling events, if you need help growing your business, we'll cover you over there. See you in the episode. Guys, today we are here with the one and only Mr. Grant Cardone, affectionately known as Uncle G. Affectionately. Affectionately. Uh, if you I'm know- the uncle to men, women, little girls, boys, uh, all over the world, man. People from every country, we have nephews. Everyone. And I love nieces. this. And nieces. And nieces. And nieces. Yeah. And nieces. If you don't know who Uncle G is, over $1.2 billion in funds under man- management, New York Times bestseller, multiple eight times bestselling books. Courses that are the absolute best in the world. That's why we give him money every month so that we can learn from him. But now one of the big things that um, I hear about a lot from you and I'd love to talk a little bit about is control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, talk about great, having control. Great, great, great. And I mean- Nobody was, asks about control. Yeah. It's like a taboo subject like I money. But I love it because there's, uh, there's a story that you told about going to a restaurant and you're like, what should I have for dinner? And the guy's like, well, I don't know. What do you feel like? You're like, yeah, no, yeah. you take control, man. And yeah. then he's like, no. And you're like, oh, give me a New York strip and I'm out. Like, that's it, I'm not going to order anything else. So, like, why do you think that is so important for people to have, and why do you think it is taboo in some areas? You know, know, like, they're familiar with the too much control. Like, oh, the dictator is going to take over, he's going to control everything, and he's going to run everything into the, the, you know, it's going to be terrible for everyone. I went to Singapore. This is a country that has unbelievable control. Streets are clean, no gum, no cigarette smoke in your face. Um... People aren't getting drunk in the streets. Can't you chewing gum? Even. Nobody's shooting dope in the, you know, you don't have graffiti on the walls. Yeah. It's control. That is control. And yeah. you need control of your environment. And so, look, I own, uh, own, control, partner, or collaborate in 17 businesses. Yeah. Either I need to be in control or the partners need to be in control. Somebody needs to get control. Yeah. Because to the degree we can control the vehicle, we can win the race. If you can't control the vehicle, you can't win the race. And, and the more you can know about this shoot, those cameras, how they work, how much battery they can handle, how much mic they can take, how much audio they can pull. You could sit here and be on this side and do the interview, but you also need to know if he's down, 
hey, what can those cameras do? What can they receive? How much light do they need? It's about control. It's about responsibility. Control and responsibility are very, very similar. Yeah. And people that lack, people that don't want control actually don't want responsibility. Hmm. People that don't want to be controlled because I don't mind being controlled. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you, you need to be able to be controlled as well as control environments. I, I need to be on both sides of this. So uh, if, I go, um, if I go to an event and I'm an audience, I need somebody on stage to control this event so I can get the most out of it, right? Yeah. When I go to the waiter and I'm like, hey, what, what should I eat here? I was in a Chinese place yesterday. We, t- we, we left the conference, walked down the street. I've never been here. Like, yeah. I've never been to that restaurant before, walked in. Hey guys, what's good here? I don't know what you like. It depends. Like, I know it depends, man. Yeah. I'm on the phone with the lady today. I said, I want to buy 52 weeks, 30 minute TV channel. How much is it? It depends. Okay. <laughs> that ain't an answer. <laughs> depends means like, I got to go check. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure. I have no confidence. Well, Grant, I don't know. Okay, well, good. Get control, get responsibility, and know you got to know that I'm going to ask that question. Hmm. So, so whether you're a dentist or chiropractor, I, I go to the dentist. Hey, what should I do with my teeth? Mm. Okay. You should be able to know everything. No, no, K-N-O-W, control and responsibility and knowing. No, no, I'm going to ask how much. I'm going to ask if it hurts. I'm going to ask how long it takes. I'm going to ask what the outcome's going to be. I'm going to ask what the worst thing that could happen to me. You, you got to know all those things are going to happen. So that's what I mean by control. Yeah, and I find that in my world, if, if I say that happen and someone comes to me and they don't have the right answer or they don't know, then you, like, you lose confidence in them, yeah, right? Totally. So there's a business. Like totally. We have an accountant and he said, sent us all this information back. I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Like you got to tell me, I'm paying for your, your help and your services. Yeah. You got to be able to direct me. And then I think that's where some people, and obviously you're really big on um, sales as well, which is part of that. If someone comes to, to you with that and they, you lose that control back to them, well, how are you ever going to help them make a decision? Yeah. Which I think is really important, which is why I love love. Yeah, and, and this isn't just about sales and business because it's also about parenting, right? I got two mm-hmm. little girls, and they're eight and ten. They love sugar. Yeah. Oh, uh, by, uh, by the way, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> like, bring it on. Yeah. Like, okay, like chocolate. Okay, yeah, I'm not supposed. To, okay, boom, boom, boom. It's there. I'm eating it. So, my kids, when my kids are stashing, stealing candy mm. from the parents. I know they're stealing it. My, the, 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 uh, one of the people that works with us at our house comes and finds a bucket hidden in the closet of my 10-year-old. They're stashing thieves now. They're, 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 they're freaking criminals in my house. That's because I didn't take control. That house should not have chocolate and candy and sugars that they can steal. So not only have I had them violate an agreement, mm. they've had to steal and violate another agreement. Because I left stuff in the environment that they could, they, that they could, uh, that I don't want them eating, that they know is not good for them. So control is to the degree like, hey guys, if you don't want your kids eating chocolate and candy, remove it from the environment. Yeah. If I don't want my kids cutting themselves with knives, maybe remove the knives from the environment. So it's, 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 about, it's, about, it's about saying, I, I want success in the environment. I don't mm-hmm. want mistakes and accidents, right? So yeah. Statistics with a with a with a sales team with your with your accountant with your legal team. My accountant should be lowering my taxes every year. Yeah, not just billing me every year. Yeah, exactly. what are you doing for me? Where, where, where's the stat here? Exactly. Where's the value there? Yeah, and I think that's 
that control and then ownership of that, right? Because it's like, well, if you can't, how can you do that if you don't take ownership? And you go, well, yeah. I'm, I can't control what they do. I just take it away from them. I control that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe that I can control what other people do. Yeah. So I can control them by rewarding them. I can control them by penalizing them. Yeah. Like, hey, man, if you're not going to get me a tax break, then I'm going to then I'm going to go to somebody that can. Yeah. Grant, there's nothing else we can do for you. Okay, how about I take my business to somebody that does. Uh, and can find something else they can do for me. Yeah, 100%. Or how about you find out, okay, like the, the tax code in America. I probably know as much about the tax code in America. I know at least enough to ask the accountant, have you checked into this? Yeah. So that, that I know how to take advantage. That's what I mean by control. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, there's a story I remember hearing as well. When you first, I think it was the first 10X growth con. the reason that came was out of control, if I'm not wrong, by hearing that you went to an event and you were like, yeah. this was not, what I wanted it to be, yeah, we're yeah. going to do our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to an event. I mean, it was in, uh, it was in um, Phoenix. Not that that matters to you, but it was in Phoenix, Arizona. I went to the event. They paid me a bunch of money to go there. I fly over there at my expense. I do the deal. I thought it was great. They're upset with me. One guy, oh, yeah, didn't like it. You were supposed to talk about this one thing. I'm like, dude, you, you, I was going to talk about that one thing until I realized there's 507 people in the room. Yeah. That... We're not interested in that one thing. So, sorry, you know, call me later. I'll answer that one question for you. But I'm not going to spend an hour and a half talking to 507 people about something they have zero connection with. Mm -hmm. He's upset. I go home. I'm like, what's the solution to this? Do your own deals, dude. Do your own deals. And then you can give the audience what you want to give them. So I can bitch about him. I can complain. I can be critical. But that doesn't solve the problem. The problem is to take control. And I have found this true to be everything that I'm critical about in my life, whether it's my wife, the kids, my business, my customers, behind every criticism, every when I'm pointing the finger, that old thing about point one finger out, you got three pointing back at you. Yeah. It's like, hey, what can I do to take control of this situation? So this thing that bugs me, I take responsibility for. Yeah. And I start controlling the outcome. That's how I ended up with a plane. I hate the airlines. I hate American. I hate, I hate, what is it? Qantas. Qantas. I hate them all. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then somebody's like, yeah, but have you flown so-and-so? No, I hate them all, dude. I hate them because I'm trapped on them. I got to wait on them. Uh, The food's bad on most of them, right? I I hate them. I hate them. And then I'm like, "Uh, what can I do about it? Yeah. Uh, Hey, man, once you get in a position where you can buy your own plane. Yeah. And that really is what, what encouraged, hey, how could I get in that position where I'm not at least complaining about that? I love that. Now I'm complaining about the cost of fuel. Yeah. <laughs> so what can I do? Buy an oil field? Who knows, right? You know, what goes next? Exactly. Yeah. And the people that are running this planet are heavy on control. Yeah. And we want to control the environment. They want to do better. And that doesn't always mean they're bad people and dictators. Yeah. It, it could mean, like, if you're a good person, then you should take on more control. Mm. Because right now you're like, oh, Trump's a bad guy. Well, good. Then you become the president. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the person that's running China, he's a terrible person, whatever. Okay, good. Well, then why don't you in China become the president or premier or whatever of China and you be the great gracious person that you are and spread that graciousness to the planet. Yeah. And, and the people that do that, the people like if we would just all wake up and say, hey, I can do more. I can control more. For me, it started when I was 25 and, and, and I was just like trying to control like whatever my shoulder width is, that's all I was trying to control because I had my hands full. Yeah, I couldn't. Like I, I was worried about no one mm. but me. Yeah, because I was such a mess. 
that the last thing I needed to do was worry about what you were up to because I was screwing up everything. Yeah. So I just started with me and then slowly started extending my my ability to control more stuff to where, you know, 25 years ago, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get, I, I wasn't effective. Now I have 500 employees, 17 businesses. They're all effective. They're all working. They're all profitable. I remember when I couldn't, just one person couldn't be a profit. Yeah. I love that. And I, there's another story I remember hearing. I think it was when you, you said there was many days when you were like on the verge of you know, moving to the next level in your businesses. And you were like, there's, it's either that most people are either looking for a reason to quit or a reason to, get, uh, like, to keep going. And you saw a number play, and I think it was uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, when you were yeah, driving yeah, around. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that story, and I was like, "Well, that even in those situations, that's taking control." Going, well, I could look for the opportunity to do something new with that, or yeah. every okay, cool. I'm in actually in a traffic jam right now, so that means I should give up on my, on my yeah, business. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm, it's interesting because you know, if you if you're a spiritual person and you believe in God, or you're an agnostic and you're like, I don't know, or maybe maybe you don't believe in anything, right? you still need to look for reasons to move forward. Mm. And I, I'm looking for reasons. I'm looking for validation and verification. Mm. I'm looking for acknowledgement I'm doing the right thing all the time. Every, everywhere I go, I'm looking for support of what I'm doing. And it, 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 is, it could be a bit delusional what I'm doing, this little, this little trick I play. But like I'll, be, I'll buy a piece of real estate. I'll, I'll be negotiating a piece of real estate, funny, funny enough. And, and let's say it's in Savannah, Georgia. In the name of it's Ellis. But I'm gonna start looking for validation. I should be doing this deal. Yeah. I'm not looking for reasons not to do a deal. I, it has cost me a couple billion dollars because I didn't do deals. Right. You know, every, everybody's always out there talking about the money they, they, they lost, the, the mistake they made. You should look at all the deals you didn't do and, and quantify what the cost of not doing a deal is. Yeah. So I'm always looking for like, how do I just get myself in the game? Yes. Uh, we went to Madam Butterfly in Sydney, yeah. okay? Fucking hated it. <laughs> hated it. Like, like, I had to look up to, to see what they were saying because I think it's in Italian. I, I don't know what language that was, but I'm looking up. I mean, the, the costumes were awesome. It was 7.30 at night. You know, I'm just like, I got to look over here to see it. My seats were freaking phenomenal. But, but I had to look up and it was just... I didn't. I just wasn't tracking the deal, right? Mm. So we left, right? And 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 I don't. I don't regret not going though. Mm. I'm glad I got to say that I I went to Madame Butterfly in Sydney at the Opera House. I have that now forever. Yeah. The fact that I paid 400 bucks and, and left after an hour. So what? Mm. See, it's it's how do I want to look at this thing, right? Hey, I went to Madame Butterfly. Nobody can take that away from me ever. Yeah. And and that's the thing about this Ellis deal in Savannah. I'm just waiting to hear the name. Ellis, do you know anybody named Ellis? Yeah. You, really, was he a good guy? Yeah, he was a good guy. Yeah, there you go. You see, I'm looking about, <laughs> hey, do you know anybody named Savannah or ever been to Savannah? Yeah, no, good person? Savannah, good person? Yeah. What, 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 tell yeah. me about him. Yeah, lovely 18-year-old girl. She's yeah. a model, phenomenal doing. She's helping her mom go, grow her business. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I'm looking for validation. Yeah. I'm looking for validation. I used to look for all the reasons not to do something, and now I'm looking for the reasons to do something. Yeah. And I just find that to be much more survival. Look, they're both, they're both a bit delusional. Yeah. The negative is delusional, being overly optimistic is delusional. I'm not gonna err because I don't make something work. I'm gonna err today in my life. I err mostly because I don't do things. Mm. 
not because I do things and don't make them work. I err more because I didn't go to something. Yeah. That makes sense. And and, and, and back to the Madam Butterfly thing. Yeah. If you guys are in Sydney and you go see Madam Butterfly, you might love it. Maybe the issue with Madam Butterfly is that I just haven't been to enough operas. I don't have my opera muscles. Yeah. You know, it's like abs. Like, you know, you got to work to get, like, everybody's got them. They just can't, like, they haven't paid any attention to them. So maybe I just don't have opera abs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> opera abs. And now, uh, going back to uh, the uh, growth con, when you launched that as well, yeah, tennis yeah, growth yeah, con yeah. And, and things like that, what, like, when you first started it, did you have in your mind that you're going to be growing it? Obviously, the first one was control and bringing back my event and then two or three years later, you've got 35,000 people in an arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that even so, the first point happened? Like, did that crazy, dude. Do you, do you ask great questions, man. The fact that you know, <laughs> I don't know how you do this without notes or anything. This guy's brilliant. <laughs> um, but, so, you know, for the audience that doesn't know me and maybe hadn't been following me, he brought up the fact that this one guy complained about this event I did in Phoenix, and we said, we're gonna do our own event. That first event did 2,200 people mm. at an average price because uh, I'm transparent and I'll tell people what's actually happening behind the scenes. Yeah. I think our average price was 1200 bucks. Hmm. So when I go to these events and they're selling VIP tickets for $89, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't even know why they do it. Yeah. Okay? I mean, I know how they do it. I know the thinking behind it because they got to get a lot of people and then the right people will come and then they'll buy, they'll buy the products. But we made... Like if the average price was twelve hundred times twenty two hundred, just let I me mean, do the math on that deal. That was a good event. Yeah. <clears throat> the next event we did. That, that that's out of that criticism of that guy criticizing me. I'm criticizing him. We're both unhappy. I'm like, I'll take the event over. Yeah. We do our own event. We took seventy seven days, twenty two hundred people, twelve hundred bucks a person, and then sold a bunch of products. We made a lot of money at that event. I'm like, hey, let's amp it up. Let's go to, not ten x. Let's go. Uh, Let's go to uh, 10,000 people. Sold out that event. 10,000 people, dude, man, lay bay, man. It was like, average price was like 900 bucks a ticket. 10,000 times, man. It was like, oh my God. Next event, 35,000 people. Biggest, largest entrepreneur event ever held in the United States. Three days long, uh, hosted where people bought individual tickets. Not as profitable as the other, the, the, the one before it, but the brand lift it gave us was enormous. Yeah. So even though people right here in Sydney, when I was in Sydney doing the, the presentation, they, they had not, most of the people had not been there, but everybody had heard about it. Yeah. I mean, everybody's heard about that. Millions and millions of people, more than went, have heard. So that's what I mean about like take control, be responsible, and then start to build out. That business didn't even exist. We did not have an event business three years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. And then, yeah. so for people like when, when they hear that and see that, and there's some of us, myself included, I'm putting on an event in February after 10X Growth yeah. Con. I'm only putting 150 people that I'm, yeah, I'm you're worried about. Yeah, you're worried about whether you're going to fill it. Yeah, I'm it's like, it's still that amount of time away, and I'm stressed. I'm going, like, how do I promote it? What do totally, I do? Totally. And, like, what, what, what are the, the things that people should be doing when, the, when you've got something like that coming up? Like, what are you, what are, what are you going to be doing to make sure that you can fill something like that? Obviously, yours is a bigger magnitude, but what did you do at the start to make those ones fill? The, the first thing you do, I mean, I got a guy here texting me. I'm like, tell me that you have an email campaign going out to Brisbane for the next 14 days about our Sydney event. Yeah. Tell me you have that. I'm reaching out to Jared right now to see what your five best performing email campaigns are. I'm like, this. 
That's not how this works. There is no five yeah. best performing. Everybody's looking for a shortcut. Yeah. The best performing is going to be this. Email this morning. Email this afternoon. Email tomorrow. Email tomorrow. Text them. Call them. Email them. Okay? Go to their house. Grab them out of the house and bring them down there. Like, what do you have to do to make sure 150 people? You just got to keep asking yourself. How many people live in Australia? Uh, 20 million. Yeah. If you can't get 150 people out of 20 million to go down there, it's because you're not committed. Yeah. Commitment. Worry about the commitment. Do not worry about how to write it up. Mm. This guy's got a commitment problem. If you're looking for somebody else to write your email campaigns, it's a commitment issue. What's the shortcut, dude? What's the, what's the thing I should say? What's the thing? No, no, the thing is the commitment. Mm. No matter what. Okay, you got to email them once an hour. Well, well they're going to drop off my list if I do it every hour. All right. But your goal was to get 150 people there. Yeah. Your goal in this case is not to build a list. I would be willing to destroy my list to get the 150, to, to hit my target. Yeah. Because, because if you go through your list too fast, then you're going to find out, oh, my list is too small. I need a bigger list, right? So I would worry only about the commitment. Mm. Am I committed to getting 150? Okay, if today was my last day, this was my last thing I could do, what would I do today? I'd email them today. I'd text them today. I'd call them today. I'd offer them some special deal today. Mm. To the degree that you want to get rid of the anxiety, mm. what does it take? Maybe you got to pay them. Yeah. Hey man, how about I send, give you money? So how big is your commitment to getting them at that event? Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah, and you paid everybody a million dollars. I guarantee you, 150 people will show up. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> right, you you have to stand in line. Yeah, 100. percent So 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 you see what I'm saying? Like what? How committed are you yeah, how, to get them there? Yeah. What are you willing to do? Yeah. And I, uh, one of the things I loved was when um, I heard on the the podcast you were selling into it, and everyone that was saying that was calling up, they're like, "Oh, hey, Uncle G," and you're like. Am I really your uncle if you aren't buying a ticket to my growth con? Like, do you act, do we yeah, actually yeah, have this yeah, relationship? Yeah, yeah. Because when people I was speaking to and they're like, "Oh, Kim, like we love you. We're like we want to work with you and all that sort of stuff." I'm like, yeah, yeah, "Why you, are you not? Come, why have you got a ticket? Have you, have you signed up for my deal? Good, buy ten tickets right now." Yeah, exactly. Man, I love you, man. I support you, man. Good, buy ten tickets. Yeah. Well, 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 well what, dude? Yeah. You want me to do well or not? Yeah. Support me, man. You got we that. we all know family members, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, fathers, sisters. Like they're not buying your products, yeah. Because you not because of them, because you don't insist on it. I need your support. I want your support. Let's support one another. Yeah. And and if you're not willing to support each other, then let's just call it like, okay, you're my daddy, but not really. Yeah. All you did was the uh uh. Yeah. <laughs> got the uh uh. Got the job done. And now there's no support, ha. Huh? Yeah. But don't don't like. Don't tell me you love me, you care about me, you want great things for me, but bro, you're, you're not in my accounts receivables. Mm. Like you're not showing up where it matters the most. I need to win in life. Yeah. And I'm at work every day. Everybody that's watching this, you're working every day. Wouldn't you like a little support? Yeah. Okay? If you're working at a place and you're not giving the place that you work at support, what does that mean? Mm. I'm, I'm the accounting person at a company, or I'm the legal person. Why don't I bring some business? Mm. I'm the lawyer there. Okay, good. And and I'm the lawyer for a company. The I have a lawyer. I have an in-house lawyer for to, to you know hopefully protect us. Yeah. It'd be nice if my in-house lawyer said, "Hey, Grant, here's a guy that I used to work for, and I know you can help him." Yeah. Here's the deal. Yeah. Here's the lunch, the meeting, blah blah blah. I know they need this. They want to buy a bunch of books from you. Whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Bring me something. Mm -hmm. We need to support each other. Yeah. And so the best way to support people, like, how can I support you? Buy my products. Yeah. Period. 
walk in and say, I got your books, man. Like yeah. that makes me feel good. Like I took a lot of time to write that book. Yeah. And, and, and so the fact that you brought them, you read them, you, you, you bought them. I'm like, yeah, I want to do something back for you. Yeah. So whatever you paid for these books, I guarantee this podcast should be worth more to you than the uh, books you bought for me. Definitely. And that's, to be honest, that's what, when we're coming in and it was funny because we talk about like my accountant and also my general manager sometimes will be like, Kim, you buy a lot of programs. And we're coming into this and I was like, and we're at this Sydney event. And I was like, of course I'm buying Uncle Jay's program. I can't go in there and be, say to him that he's my uncle and that, yeah, 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 that, yeah. that he is, uh, I, I support him if I'm not buying a ticket there, if I'm not going to GrowthCon. And that's what I expect of people yeah, back I, to me. I, I was at a charity event with a guy. He, he had, this guy's just a brilliant dude. Like unbelievable, like tapped into some genius like some some band of genius. Every time I'm around the guy, I just I feel like my vocabulary expands. If you've ever been around somebody, you just feel better around them, and all of a sudden you feel more intelligent and like like something spiritual around this cat. And I remember this guy saying at a charity event, he's like, "Hey, he gave I don't know, he gave ten million dollars that night to this charity." And he looked at everybody in the audience and says, "Don't leave here without doing something. Everybody, do something. Everybody here can do something." Mm. And when I heard that, then he said, and he said it in such a loving, compassionate, caring way. It wasn't like, I'm so forceful. He, it, he, he didn't have any force on it. It was just like, everyone can do something. And remember, you will feel better when you do something. Mm. You always feel better when you do something. And I never forget that. Every event I go to now, every time I'm at an event, I'm, I want to do something. I want to buy the hamburger. I want to buy the drink. I want to buy the something. I want to help the, you know, just something that way I can leave saying I connected. Mm. And I, and I see, particularly at these events, I see so many people leave these events without a product. Mm. The only loser is the person that leaves without the product. You know, I don't lose because I went to Madam Butterfly and didn't like it. I won because I went mm. and I left. Okay. I won twice actually. Because I went and didn't have to stay the whole three and a half hours. <laughs> There's some other people that wanted to leave at one hour. They're like, fuck it, I ain't leaving here. Yeah. I paid $100, and I'm going to watch it. How much did we pay? $400? I, whatever, they're, they're in the back. They're, they're, I paid $50, and I, I got to stay to the last scene, <laughs> no matter what. Uh, because, because I paid $50. Shit, I was in bed at nine. <laughs> Okay, and now I can still say I went to Madame Butterfly at the Opry House in, with my wife in Sydney. Yeah, I so it. man, don't, don't don't you know you got to stay connected, right? So your account is like, man, you buy all the Cardone's programs. What are you doing? Why isn't he buying them? Yeah, he should be buying. But he's sitting there. He's so busy counting mm. what's there. He's not looking at what he can bring in. Mm. And that was my message here to Sydney and to Brisbane. Man, focus 95% of the time should be spent on getting money, mm. getting customers, not managing money yeah. and managing customers. That's so true. And when, when people are hearing you talk about bringing in customers and obviously they hear your figures, you are very transparent with like obviously your uh, real estate business and obviously your normal other businesses too. How do, you, how do you, well, I know how they stretch their reality of what's possible is by watching you. How do you stretch your reality of what's possible for the next level? Because for us, and the reason why I wanted to do this podcast and interview with yourself and Elena and, and come to you of all your things is because I know I'm going to be stretched yeah, of yeah, what I can yeah, achieve. Yeah, yeah. How do you, now that you're pushing things forward, how do you do that for what your next levels are? I just look, I mean, there's like, there's a lot of people doing that think what I'm doing is like nothing. They'd be like, 
<laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah. You got a billion dollars for the real estate? <laughs> they, they won't even pay attention to me. Hmm. They're like, look, boy, son, when you grow up, when you get to 10, call me. Yeah. It, it's like, what, what? it doesn't solve any of their problems. Hmm. They're trying to make a $10 billion acquisition this year. They're like, bro, you got to grow up. You're not, you're, not, you can't, you're not big enough to play on the team, son. Yeah. You don't solve our problems. You give me a problem, okay? Can you imagine that? There's companies that will not pay attention to me because I'm a billion-dollar problem. And they got a $10 billion. They got a $10 billion hole, and I'm a billion dollars. They're like, okay, now I got, what we got to do? We got to go find eight. Hmm. Okay, that's stupid. Now I got to do two deals. Oh, oh, no, I got a bunch of you little punks. Seven of you at a billion dollars, at a billion and a half, okay? So now I got to put seven deals together. He's thinking, why don't I just do one deal with one guy for 10 billion? Yeah. And that one guy that put him up, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like so, so that's what I look at. I look at these guys that have, you know, 140,000 apartments. Yeah. And so the audience thinks I'm bragging about my six. No, I'm not. I'm saying I got six and be inspired by it, but yeah. I'm not going to stop there. Yeah, you know, we're, we're flying in that Gulfstream 550 that we brag about. We, we act like we're all elitists and everything. Man, I'm, I'm pulling up next to jets where I'm like, I could, I could park underneath the, my jet underneath their jet. Yeah. Why do I need all that? I, I mean, I don't, it's not that I need all that, but what if I had a company that had six jets? Mm. Yeah. Like, how big can I think? How big can you think? Yeah. So rather than worry about, will 150 people show up? What am I going to do with the 150 people that we can't sit down? Hmm. This event that we did, uh, well, the event I did in Sydney, hmm. well, how many people do you think were there? 4,000? More than that. I, well, they, they said five. I look like four to me. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't do events that small. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what 30,000 looks like. <laughs> I remember. But, you know, we probably had 4,000 people taking a piss at one of my, at any given time at my event. Yeah. We had 4,000 people show up late. So you got to shift. Where do I want my problem to be? Mm -hmm. Okay. How can I get 4,000? No, no. I want to have a bigger problem. I want to, this is what the 10X rule was about. Change the quality and quantity size of your problems. Yeah. Change my, my problem used to be, I can't literally remember, I remember buying one gallon of gas. Hmm. One gallon. All I could afford was $1.78. That's what the gas was. I remember the number. So that's all I got. $1.78. I went to $1.78, shut it off, brought the $1.78 inside. Okay. That was a problem. Okay. Today, hey, I'm, 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 I want a different problem. Right. Hmm. So, oh, well, now we got to fill up 50,000 pounds of fuel in a plane. Yeah. What problem would you rather have? The dollar seventy-eight or the fifty thousand pounds? Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Great. Get bigger problems. And last question for you is and big giant problems that could actually lift everything. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both problems, right? Yeah. Like dollar seventy-eight is the same, like almost identical problem to the fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, it's all about fuel. It's about the cost of the fuel. One gets you someplace. Mm. You know. We pulled into Sydney. We were parked next to the state, the, the, the Department of State. Yeah. Like, it's a good company to be in. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And um, finally, I, one thing that I see you do phenomenally well, and I'd love a little bit of inspiration on, is um, you've got guys like Jared Glenn, you've got guys like Ryan Secco, who are part of your team, and... Yeah, I mean, Dave, 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 uh, Dave what's Dave last? Uh, Dave Robards. I got Steve Spray. I got Mike Bonnet. I got Sherry Hamilton. 
um, Frank Kern, uh, Brandon Dawson. I got all these guys like, yeah. you know, when you get successful, then you're like, okay, how do I get other people around me doing well? Mm. And with those people, like, so we've got a guy who's leading our sales team at the moment, Ken yeah. Blowfield, for doing a phenomenal job. And Ken, then, right yeah, on, Ken, good and, job. And then I see you bring like guys like Jared in. Why do you think they stay? Because obviously they get enough inspiration and people come and go in organizations, yeah. but why do those kind of like pillar people, why do, why do you think that they stay? Like, what because, is they because, because I make it easier for them to make money with me than they, than they can make money on their own. Yeah. You know, they've all done the calculation. I know they're doing the calculation. Yeah. I, I did it for other people. I, I worked for a guy when I was 30 years old. I left him. Yeah. He should have made me part of his company. I wouldn't have left him. Yeah. There was no place for me to go. He didn't have other opportunities. Dude, in my company, I always got another opportunity for you. Like, there's yeah. another place to grow. So that, that, again, goes back to why people lose great people. You lose great people because you're thinking too small. Mm-hmm. Right? If you build your boat only so big and, 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 and you're, cap, you're really captain quality, but I'm the captain and I don't want to give up the wheel, or the, what's it called? The, the stern. Or the, the stern, whatever wheel. it is, right? Then you're going to leave and go get your own boat. So I either have to give up the wheel and go get another boat. Yeah. So I can also, because I'd like to be the captain too. Yeah. So we need two boats. Maybe I need a fleet. So I got a fleet. Mm. And I didn't have a fleet 10 years ago. Now, now we're adding fleet. Mm. So we can add power. So I get a little less. They get something. They're winning. They can't go to another place. They're like... Mike Bonnet's going to make, I don't know, six, seven hundred thousand dollars this year. There's guys at Goldman Sachs don't make seven hundred grand. Yeah. So he's on the phone. He probably hates the job. He can't leave it. He's got five kids. He can never go someplace and make that kind of money. It will never happen. We give him the support, the encouragement. Is it perfect? Probably not. But on a scale for leaving, leaving me won't be perfect either. Yeah. So Jared, Jared, uh, Jared takes all his money. Surplus money. We created Cardone Capital. I created it for my family and executives so that Jerry would be like, hey, make me rich over here. I'm with you every day. He sees the deals I'm doing. He sees me talking about them. He sees me negotiating. That, that, that's the beautiful thing about like what I'm doing is like I'm so transparent. People can see this guy making money if he's doing, doing this other job. And then all his money with his wife and kid that he's concerned about, he puts all his extra money in Cardone Capital. He doesn't get a different deal than you do. Same exact identical deal. Yeah. But he's with me every day. He sees how hard I work. Yeah. So um, that's how I keep great people. I just build a lot of rings so that as they mature, they can, they can go out to these other um, enterprises or opportunities. Thank you so much again, Grant. Really appreciate okay. it. Cheers, guys. Thank you.